Hey, this is Rob Unspock, and welcome back to another edition of E-Heroes. For those keeping count, this is episode 271, and my next guest is going to teach us how to get some of that hidden gold that you know we're, we're forgetting about in our business, and also help us break free from those plateaus and help us get unstuck and, and move forward and be more profitable in our business. So I want to welcome uh, Craig Balleen to the podcast, and, and thanks for being here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You know, I, I, uh, we are both old GKIC members, and, and you know, I, I've been following Dan Kennedy for, oh, good 20 years, probably more, because I think I met him in, in oh, I met him in Phoenix, but I think it was either uh, 1998 or 2000. So, um, at least 25 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, but I didn't join GKIC until I think 2009, 2010. <laughs> right. So it was, it was just one of those, but you know, a lot of, a lot of people that are listening to this may not know who Dan Kennedy is, may not know who or what, uh, Glazer Kennedy inner circle, the GKIC meant to a lot of marketers. But for us, it was it was that thing that that kind of got us all embracing marketing in a better way. Yeah. And um, but you've been you've been, you know, helping entrepreneurs for a long time get unstuck. And, and, and you know, I, I know off air, I talked to you about, you know, even even my evolution through business, you know, and. Sometimes I felt stuck or stalled or even stagnant, but I've learned to evolve. I learned to embrace the things that that I think will help my business grow to the next level. But you know, I, I also said that there's a lot of entrepreneurs who stay in that same position over and over and over again. They don't learn to break free. And and I don't think they they well, I I, I know some of them will when a recession hits, the first thing they pull is their marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, um, the evolution of that part of the business came, uh, I got exposed to Jay Abraham at a very young age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I did a, a conference call for Tony Robbins and Jay Abraham was on that call seeking testimonials from people whose lives had been affected by Tony. And I was uh, caller number two. <laughs> so as a gift, they sent us out that infamous book or the famous book, I guess. I don't know if it's infamous or famous. Uh, Mr. The Mr. X book. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I, I am a, familiar with the book. I don't have it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, for me, it was a it was just pure gold. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had gone through it and I learned the concept of marketing leverage and hidden marketing assets. And so. Um, I had always been an entrepreneur since a young age. In fact, I found Dan Kennedy about 30 years ago, 30 years ago, this time of the year. Um, but the marketing leverage aspect really made sense to me. It's like, how can I get a better result for the same time, money, and effort I'm already spending? And everybody, everybody I came across was, I have no money for marketing, so I can't really you know, do anything new or anything like that. And I said, I said well, let's look at what you already got. So a friend of mine had his father had a bike shop 
and they were doing really bad. And my friend said, hey, you're pretty good with this marketing stuff. Can you kind of come in and just we'll sit around, we'll get lunch, we'll sit in the back of the store and just see what's happening. And um, sure enough, a father and son come in the door. The father says, hello, doesn't ask him any other questions. They look around and then they walk out. And I said, why didn't you stop them and ask them what they were looking for? He goes, well, if they knew what they were looking for, they would have come to me. And I said, no. <laughs> I said, number one, you should engage them and welcome them to the store. But maybe they don't see the one that you actually have in the store, or maybe they don't know that you can get it if they if they really want it. Mm-hmm. So it was silly little thing, like just engaging the prospect when they walk in the store and finding out what it is they're looking for. Did they even know what they're looking for? And how can I help them find it? So that concept of marketing leverage. I mean, that's a that's a hard uh, that's both marketing leverage and a hidden asset. The hidden asset is let's engage our customers. <laughs> the the leverage part was let's dig deeper to find out what they truly want and help them get it. Mm-hmm. And so um, my friend, you know, that turned the bike shop around, you know, and uh, sure enough, he goes, oh, you should go be a marketing consultant. You should go help other businesses. And so I didn't I, I love that idea, but I didn't know how to be a marketing consultant. And I struggled for years. I took on lots of. Uh, jobs or assignments that were out of my realm of expertise just to pay the bills because I, you know, met my wife and she's like, what do you, how much money do you make? What do you do? I'm like, uh, <laughs> so it was anything to pay the gas or pay, you know, pay well, the let's rent. Let's talk about that because, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, in fact, I just got a connection request from somebody on LinkedIn and, and it starts out, I see you breathe oxygen just like me. What? No, I don't want that as a connection. Right. I don't want, you know, and, and, and I think that's that's the problem is that when you're a starving entrepreneur, you take on every client that comes to you because you want to pay the bills. Right. And then it, it gets to the point where, okay, uh, this isn't working. And for me, going back, you know, 20 years when I had the, the cleaning business, you know, when I first started, my my slogan was, we clean your carpet, not your wallet. I wanted all these clients to come to me because I was the cheaper guy. Right. But what I discovered was I got the worst clients. I It took <laughs> twice as long to clean for them. They complained about everything. And I thought, I, I can't continue to do this. Right. You know, it, this is not only hurting me, but hurting my family. I don't have enough money to buy equipment. I don't have enough money to advertise. I, and when I raised my prices, it, there was like a giant universal shift. I yeah. started getting better clients. I they, they didn't complain anymore. And it was just, I thought, wow, this is just awesome. And then I started getting very particular about the clients I wanted to serve. Okay, no more city clients because I can't find parking. You know, they have to have, <laughs> they, they had to have, you know, a $250,000 house. They had to do this. And 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 the, the the moment I started getting very particular, our sales jumped. I, I you know, bought all kinds of equipment, started taking vacations. But it was like, why are people still the way they are? Hey, I I I, I want to attract people that breathe oxygen. Yeah. Well, it, you know what's funny is that I have this process where you know the best buyer you know, who's my best buyer. And, you know, I was on, on, on an interview with um, Jim Palmer, who we both know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim says, 
you know, so who do you help, Craig? And I said, already successful people, mm-hmm. people already making money, people already doing marketing, people already doing a certain level of uh, of business. Uh, because I don't have to teach them. I don't have to teach them to whip out their credit card, <laughs> number one, to pay me. <laughs> oh, but the other thing is I don't have to whip out the credit card to teach them that they need to be advertising, teach them all these funds. That's for startups. That's for new people. And there's no problem. I'm willing to help them, but not for money. You know, That's something that I'll do just because I want to help someone. But if I'm looking for a paying client, I have to have a clear picture of who that is so that I can speak the language and attract them in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I decided that the person that I love to work with was someone that already I had as a client and I had to find more of them. You know, mm-hmm. the person who gets excited in the morning to get up and do what they do every day, the person who has dreams of success, the person who's already generating at least mid six figures in their business and is, you know, just hit that bump in the road where they can't get any farther. It's like, well, let's see what's doing, you know, let's see what's in the way. It's like, it's like going to the mechanic, right? I was watching your, uh, video with Dan Cricks the other day. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, just by asking a question, you know, it's like, what else can we help you with today? Or what else, what else have you been doing lately that might have caused this little bump in the road? Or what haven't you been doing lately that has caused this little bump in the road? You know, you find out a lot more about that customer and whether or not they're a right fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, and, it, and sometimes it's, it's something that we learn because we get this, disgusted about the success or the lack of success we've had in the past for me it took you know a couple of years to, to realize that and and uh you know meeting dan kennedy meeting joe polish meeting you know uh i even met uh, tony robbins in, in in 20 or 2000 yeah and uh you know so meeting some of these people helped change my mindset and say you know i want that success too but how do I get to that? Yeah. And and so we, we start growing our business through marketing, but there's always that plateau, you know? Yeah. And 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 so it's it's getting to that next level. And and I I think that's where a lot of people stay stagnant. They get to that, they get to that plateau, they feel great, they feel like, well, do I want to grow? Do I want to stay where I'm at? Right. They just get comfortable and they're like, hmm, I think I'll just stay here. But no, you gotta grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it's really a certain level of mindset and it's a very small percentage of entrepreneurs who say, I'm not settling for this. I'm not happy here. I have a goal of let's say one million dollars for this year and I'm stuck at five hundred thousand. What the heck? Mm-hmm. You know, it could be operations wise, you know, maybe they have too many expenses. Maybe that's, you know, that's something certainly worth looking at. But from a marketing perspective, I look at their sales process, their best sales process and see what are you generating from that already? You know, so, I mean, as simple as, Rob, is that, you know, they have no, um, no upsell. Right. They have no follow up. They have no uh, bump. You know, it could be as simple as that. If they say, hey, we're at 500,000, we want to get to a million. It's like, okay, number one, let's see your sales process. Number two, what are you offering as a bump? What are you, Number three, what are you offering as a, as a uh, upsell? But the other thing is, how often are you making offers? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes people just do it during the holidays, uh, special reasons, you know, whatever. But, you know, you should be making offers all the time to your list, you know. Yeah. I, and um, in fact, while we're recording this, it's, it's right after uh, 
Thanksgiving. It's it's you know the two weeks after Thanksgiving, and and I noticed that right at Thanksgiving, right at you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, I got all these emails from people I haven't communicated with in over <laughs> you know years. Right. And it just seems like, well, why are you only sending me an email? You know, when you want to sell, or you know, why aren't you sending me an email throughout the year? Maybe right. it would increase the chances of me coming into your establishment to buy something. But, you know, sending me an email once a year, what I'm going to do is just delete, delete, unsubscribe. And just, yeah, yeah it just turns me off. I, I, I want to communicate with you throughout the year, but, you know. You just, right. I would say, you know, that you had mentioned pieces of gold within a business. And I believe there's five pieces of gold in a business. And number one is the, the list you have and the relationship you have with that list. Mm-hmm. So the number one thing that I've done over the last 30 years, but really it's been more since I got involved with GKIC that I emailed because that was around the time email got popular, was I have emailed either every day or several times a week mm-hmm. and stayed in touch with them. And it's never just transactional. It is always like, here's a little story that relates to what I'm about to tell you and what I'm going to offer you. And so I use my family. I use my son. My son is affectionately known as mini me college boy, the college graduate, and now the homebody. Now he lives at home and, you know, but I've adjusted him and I go formally, formally mini me, formally college boy, formally the college graduate. But, you know, I have people who I haven't seen in a while personally, but they still get my emails every day and they go, how's mini me doing? How, you know, and I tell me graduated college. No way. I remember when he was just this big, you know, the relationship that I have with that list is outstanding. And I didn't even, I mean, I meant to do it, but I had no idea what it would do. Right. And so when I put an offer out there, and because his offers embedded, you know, not over, over, you know, powering offers, but it's like, hey, by the way, if you'd like to check out more about this thing, go here and check it out. But it's the stories that connect with people. It's the relationship that I built over a period of time that really has sustained my business. And that's one thing that I ask, you know, my prospective clients when I'm meeting with them is like, how often do you email your list? You know, how often you know, do you have a list? <laughs> you know, most of them have a list, but they've never communicated. I don't want to be a burden. Why are you in business? Mm-hmm. They opted in because they saw some value or they need something specific from you. Build the relationship over time with them. Let them know that you're there and you won't be burdened. Some will, some won't, some will leave, some won't. Stay with the ones that will. Yeah, you know, and, and one of the biggest things that I used to do, you know, especially in my cleaning business. You know, my my crew were not salespeople. My crew would go out there. They were just trained to clean. So trying to get them to do upsells was very hard. So what I would do is I would pre-sell the upsell. I would, you know, if I knew the client wasn't scheduled for a week out, I would send them a letter. Hey, while my technician is there, here's some coupons that you can take advantage of for additional services that you're not having, you know, that you didn't consider before. So when the technician shows up, the person's already kind of, you know, uh, inclined to ask, hey, do you have time to do this, this, this? So now my technicians were like, oh, yeah. You know, because if, if they're getting paid commission, you know, now, they, they, now they're going to sell more. That's but, awesome. You know, it, it just, you have to train the customer to ask. Right. And sometimes, you know, if, if, our staff isn't going to ask because you know whatever they're shy they're what they're just not feeling good that day. If the customer asks, 
because you train them to, the staff is going to take it the next step further. And that's brilliant. I mean, that's, you know, it's so simple in concept, but it's brilliant because most people don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the simple things are the ones that are most overlooked. And that's where the leverage part comes in. It's like, hey, you're already doing this. How can we get a better result from the same effort? Your your crew was already in front of the customer. What can we do before they even get there to make it easier for them to, you know, just write the order and take the take the coupon, you know, yeah. make the sale. So, you know, the 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 average uh, upsell was uh, around a hundred dollars. You know, but the time involved for the technician to do the extra work might have been forty minutes. Right. You know. And 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 you do five of those a day, you know, the technician's making you know extra money. But you know, every every customer, not every customer, every company can do that now because we have technology. We can text people, we can email them, we can send them a message through you know WhatsApp or Facebook or whatever, and and we can program a lot of this stuff that it's just automatic. Yeah. You know, I, 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 my thing is I like to take the automation out to make sure that you put more humanity in. Right. There, there are ways now that we can train customers to ask for the upsell. And so it doesn't feel like it's, we're trying to pressure them into something. The customer's already just asking for it. Yeah, you know, what? I used to run the live events for the GKIC local chapter. Um, I did it under GKIC's name for a while, and then they got a new CEO who I didn't like, so I left. But I still ran it under my own company name. Um, but one of the things that one of the big successful foundations of those meetings is making the member the star, mm-hmm. letting them get up and share what their their wins, uh, whatever it may be for them. Um, you know, letting them shine in some way, shape, or form, so they feel like I feel important here. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I used to do was um, say, you know, I pre-sold my people as well. It's like, you know, every my most successful members are part of my mastermind. And that usually happens in about three months being a general member. Uh, and then I would have one of the masterminds come up and say, hey, you told us a story about how you did this at the last meeting. Tell, them, tell us about that. You know, and so I'd have that testimonial as well. And someone just so passionate and so happy and so glad that he's part of it. That it just, you know, the next conversation, I'm getting, hey, can I get in before three months? Well, I don't know if you've got my my style of marketing done yet. Hold on, you'll get there, you know. But, you know, they keep on asking and they keep on hearing the stories and they're begging to be part of that group. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of my success. That's part of the relationship, making them feel important, making them feel like you're really there for them and you encourage their success. But, hey, just one step at a time. We'll get there. We, I promise we'll get there. You know? Yeah, it, it's... Uh... You know, and I think testimonials, and we we know this. I mean, we we've used testimonials in all of our marketing over the years, but there are still a lot of people who fail to do so. I mean, you're you're the the bike bicycle shop that you talked about. Anytime someone comes in with a that you know a purchase, get them to give a testimonial, a video testimonial. We have these cameras. Yeah, we getting video testimonials. But yeah, you know, one of the things I try to strive or not strive, but I, I try to guide my clients away from using is Google 
and Facebook reviews. And I know that that's the big thing now. Hey, you got to get on there. You got to do this. You got to collect your own testimonials, collect right. your own reviews, get clients to send you videos directly because yeah. you control that. You can right. share that wherever. Google in their infinite wisdom seems to only like negative reviews and <laughs> they're allowing anybody that breathes right. leave testimonials against you when they're not even your client. So the biggest thing I would encourage everybody to do is ask your clients, your customers yeah. for reviews and have them send them directly to you. So you can put them on your website. You can put them on your social, wherever you want to put them. Yeah. You know, I encouraged to, like, I work with a lot of dentists. I kind of fell into that dental world because I had a star student, um, Dr. Brian Berg, who was I would always write to Dan. Dan would want the IBAs to write in and tell them about the, you know, their people who are applying GKIC marketing to the stuff. And I always wrote. And then Brian would send in his examples to Dan and Bill, and they just loved him. But I attract a lot of the dentists. And I say, all you have to do, I said, while they're still in your chair and saying, do you love your smile? Do you love the work we did? Was it pain-free? Was it that many? Great. You know what? You know what would really help another patient who's kind of on the fence, you know, take out the phone and just kind of tell us that story again, you know? And one out of easily 30 or 40 would do that. Mm -hmm. The rest are relying on the software and they're relying on the, you know, the software that says, hey, just send this to Google, send this to Yelp, send this to mm -hmm. Facebook reviews, you know? And they're going, you know, Craig, people are, they're not doing it after they leave the office. And I said, that's why I said, pull out the phone while they're in the moment, mm -hmm. while they're in the moment, ask them, get them, you know, when they're in a peak state, <laughs> grab them before they leave the office, before they leave the chair, preferably, but before they leave the office and say, it might help another person who's on the fence about restoring their smile, you know, yeah. something to that effect. And, um, you know, some get it, some don't. Now, one of my periodontists has over a thousand reviews going using that method. Mm -hmm. His peer has about 20 yeah. over the last 20 years, you know. Yeah. So it's like, why is one more successful than the other? Well, one is willing to do what the other isn't willing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I just had my car serviced. And uh, not not serviced in oil, but they had to restore the, the back trunk. We got rear-ended. So we pick up the car, and they give us a whole list of things that was repaired. And it was great. The insurance take care of it. And then they have this card that they want us to fill out. You know, hey, how was your experience? Tell us everything. And I'm thinking to myself, how many people are actually filling that card out? You know, how many people will fill that card out and mail it back to them? Yeah. And so I called them up, you know, about a week later. I said, uh, you know, I, you gave me a lot of information. And I looked through some of it. I noticed this card. Just let I me, mean, you know, how many people send this back? And they said, hardly any. I'm like, well, why do you give it? <laughs> right. You know, why don't you just get their, inf you know, like you said, in the moment. In the moment. And and uh, they don't do it. If if you make your your customers work too hard, they're gonna re, they're gonna resent it and they're gonna mm -hmm. say no. 
I, you know, I just got an email the other day from some app that I'm using, and it says, would you take one moment to answer a few questions about your experience with this software? And I said, yes, I will. Then it took me down 10 pages, and I'm like, when is this going to end? And I said, forget it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you're like, you're like, okay, I just wasted 20 minutes on this. And yeah, and then it said, I don't have to wait. One or two questions? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but not 10 pages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's We... I think that we as marketers sometimes complicate uh, the steps that that we take to get customers to say yes or to take action. It, it, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. You know, um, I, I see so many things on, on, on Facebook from people posting stuff and they, they've made it so hard for customers to jump through hoops to, to, and I'm thinking, just make it easy. Right. You know, my, my whole philosophy has always been make it easy. Keep yeah. it simple. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we I think we get distracted by shiny objects. And, oh, wow, look, it's that great funnel system that will automate everything and make our lives happier. Right. And then the funnel breaks and you're ready to have a, you know, a heart attack. Yeah. It's just no, don't. You know, um, the uh, Dan Kennedy says, inspect what you expect. So you kind of got to have to go through the processes every once in a while to make sure nothing's broken. Now, I went through last night, I was updating um, updating one of my uh, workflows. I use Rainmaker AI, Frank Kern's uh, high, go high level version. Mm -hmm. And the workflow had duplicated instead of change the message on the second one. I know I changed it because I have a copy of the email that went out, but somehow the, a glitch in their update or whatever changed the emails to be exactly the same wording. And I'm like, that's not acceptable <laughs> because if I was going to give you a website today, I want to make sure that it's working and it wasn't. And I'm like, darn. And I looked at what I updated at last and it was August. So, so it's like the people that have been coming through that through August, you know, and I'm pretty good at staying on top of these things, but the updates and everything changed everything. So, you know, yeah. just inspect what you expect. If you right. expect something to work, that includes your employees, your systems, your automations, everything. Go through those at least, at least once a month, if not more. Yeah. But, you know. But also, you know, and, and you know, I, I like to, you know, as, as a lot of people who have read my Rob versus books, you know, I, I, I I, I keep people on the phone for a reason, you know, or I, or I try to make sure that that chat goes on for a while. I'm very sarcastic, but I want to try to, you know, I, I'm not trying to waste their time. Right. I want them to get to the point. Yeah. Okay. But I think we, as entrepreneurs, we keep people on the phone too long. Yeah. And not get to the right information. Right. And, and so I had a client call me up and say, Rob, we're getting a lot of, we're getting a lot of undesirables contacting us. And I said, okay, let's take a look at everything. Mm -hmm. And so I went through their phone log. I went through, you know, how they're answering the phones. I went through. And they just go through, I guess, a whole series of questions. And they're keeping people on the phone on average of 10 minutes to realize they're not a right fit. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, within one minute, you can discover if that is the right fit with a few asked questions. 
So they're collecting all the people's information up front to discover after they've asked the questions that they're not a right fit. Why don't you reverse that? Ask one or two questions. Then, you know, if they're a right fit, get all their other. Yeah. And they're like, no, we have to collect their information. I said, why? What are you going to do with that information if they're not a right fit? Well, we don't, we just keep it in our system in case they call back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, just get, just don't waste their time. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that I do. I ask a few quick questions like, tell me about your sales process. If they don't have a, if they're random instead of strategic or thoughtful, then I'm like, you know what? I have someone else I can refer you to. They'll be very good for you. It's not mm -hmm. going to work. Tell me about your income. How much did you make last year? Um, tell me about what marketing methods currently work for your business. Yeah, that sort of thing. But I can know right in the first few minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and if it's not, I have a list of people that I will refer them to that will, that they'll feel like they're getting attention in, you know, but it's, I'm not the guy who's going to help them, at least not as a, from a paid perspective, right? So. Yeah, it's just like going back to your, your bicycle shop story is asking those right questions. Yeah. And and you can change that perspective of a customer, whether or not they're going to leave the you know leave the shop or buy from you. You didn't ask them what their name, address, and phone number was as soon as they walked in the door. You asked them a question. Right. With phone calls. You right. know, if you can qualify the customer, great. Get their information. If not, kick them to, the, I'm not saying kick them to the curb, but get them out so that right. you can get the next phone call. But, you know, when, you're, when your sales staff is going through the process the wrong way, at the end of the day, your sales staff is going to be upset. They're going to take it out on you. They're going to say the marketing is not working. Right. It is working. It's just right now you're attracting the wrong type because you don't know how pre-qualify right you know uh i've heard it said you know there's whale bait versus minnow bait and so i i'm looking to attract the whales using whale bait and you know if i attract minnows it's my own damn fault because i'm speaking like you know a whale doesn't want to know six ways on how to use your email you know <laughs> or you know or six weeks six steps to getting setting up your email account or something to that effect you know you're not speaking beginner language to a whale you're speaking like how do you if you're stuck at half a million dollars here's how to get to the next million you know that sort of thing but uh, your language is everything in targeting you know number one being clear on who you want to do business with and say what do i have to ask to make sure that that's them mm -hmm. you know when they call on the phone or before they opt in you know that sort of thing yeah yeah I, you know when yeah, if you go to my my LinkedIn or even my website, you'll see that a lot of my clients are lawyers, doctors, and high-level entrepreneurs. High-level means that you've been in business for a long time. Right. You know, you you already have systems established. All we need to do is come in there and improve them. You know, it doesn't say I work with startups. It doesn't work say that, you know, if you've been in business less than a year, that I'm going to help you. I just find that 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 time is very exhausting to try to get them to a level where all these others have already established themselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I understand because, you know, we were both startups at one time and we needed the help. And, but, you know, I, I, I had to discover all this on my own. Same with you. Yeah. And it's not that, that I don't want to help the next generation, but this is why I write books. 
so that <laughs> people can go in and say, Rob, I can't afford you, but I right. can't afford a $20 book. Or, you know, you buy it on Kindle, it's half the price. Fine, buy the book. It's right. going to help you. Right. You know, I call myself the former struggling consultant. And because it took me a lot of years and a lot of money to figure out how to do this thing I call consulting or coaching or whatever. And, you know, my son right now, he got, uh, he just graduated from University of San Diego with a marketing degree. He does not want to go into marketing, but he wants to do gigs. He wants to do uh, freelancing. Mm -hmm. And so the number one thing I said was, I have a few things that I learned along the way from failure to success in consulting. Would you like to know what they are? And he goes, mm, yeah, I'll, I'll come if I have questions. I'm like, okay, so you want to make all those mistakes before you do before you get to me when I've just revealed that I made the same mistakes you did, you know, and, uh, you know, so fortunately, fortunately, his mother says, go talk to your dad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the things he, you know, he'd started doing work without the proposal, without the the money down, the money conversation down. And I said, I said, it's okay to give away a freebie if that's part of your plan, if that's part of the process, but don't start the work and then not get paid for it, you know? And so the the point being is that, you know, we learn lessons along the way. And, you know, part of that reason why I'm willing to help people for free is what you just said. We've all been there, you mm -hmm. know? And so if I get to speak at a chamber event where most of them are not good marketers, they know, they knew when they started the business to go to a chamber meeting or go to a networking event, but they have no sense of, what it really takes to market and promote a successful business. I know I'm not going to reach everybody, but I might hit one or two people. And Dan, Dan had said this with the IBA program, you're going to find little uh, needles in the hay when you go to these events. They're not going to be evident. They're going to pop out and they're going to reveal themselves. Mm -hmm. And so when I share my message to, you know, the chamber, I'm the go-to chamber guy, uh, even though I don't get much business from it anymore. But, um, you know, I speak for free because, I want to affect just one or two people in that audience who come up to me and say, hey, I want to learn more. I really, I'm excited what you said. I make sense, you know, and that's all this stuff. But, you know, the rest of them may flounder forever or end up going back to get a real job because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just not right for them. An entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur has fire inside their soul and they'll do whatever it takes to succeed. Even if they fail for 10 years, they'll well, still you know, be my, going. I started as an entrepreneur. Uh, when I was 15 mowing yards yep, did a and, and, and made some money. Uh, then my dad said, Hey, you gotta go get a real job. And so I worked at a grocery store making $3 and 35 cents an hour. And which was a fraction of what I was making mowing. Um, right. and then, you know, I, I, I my, my very first business was a video photography business where my partner skipped out and took half the equipment and left me with all the debt. And that taught me a lot of valuable lessons. Uh, it wasn't until six years later that I started the cleaning business. And after three years of that, uh, almost failing until 1998, when I met Dan Kennedy out in Arizona. And that's when all the marketing changed for me. So we're going on 25 years of me learning all this marketing. Right. And in that 25 years, I've developed hopefully a reputation that People can trust me. They know right. that, you know, I'm going to help them. You know, they know that, hey, if I can't help them, they can at least read the books and learn something. But it takes time. It's not, hey, snap my fingers and, you know, the marketing works. No, you, 
you know, the whole thing is building trust, you know, you know, growing that authority so people can, you know, hey, if I'm going to shell out all that kind of money, I, I need to know that Rob's going to deliver. Yeah. So, you know, the, the if I may, just about the loyal, loyal customers, loyal clients, you know, I, um, I'm a recovered alcoholic. And so I, five years now, just about five years. And so I had uh, some of the lowest points in my life while I was running that lo that chapter, you know, and because of the relationship I had built with these people, they stood by me while I went through that lowest point before I got sober. Mm -hmm. And one of them, who is my oldest member from that GKIC chapter said, Craig's obviously going through something. We need to stand by him mm -hmm. because they felt that I had given them so much in the way of just caring about them as human beings, as well as their business that it was um it was only right to stand by me when i was going through my tough times and dan you know dan kennedy talks about this about his days of alcoholism mm -hmm. but you know the point being is that when you truly care about someone you don't have to do it perfect you just have to keep trying and keep intentionally showing people you care you know yeah. and uh so i you know these are some of my best friends now you know, there's something there's something to be said about making friends with your clients. You know, you lose some authority. There are certainly people, some well, people yeah. I can know I can never charge because we they just right. know too much about me. Yeah, you know? the, my but my I, and and my clients will will give me testimonial over testimonial and, and exactly my 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 uh my philosophy has always been you're my friend first, my client second. Yeah. And you know, I know a lot of people in in business will say, "Well, Rob, you can't mix that. You can't, you can't cross the line." Right. Well, you know what? As a marketer, as someone that they come to, I am more than a marketer. I'm their therapist. I'm their I'm their friend. I'm the person that they they want to cry to. You know, I I know more about them than most of their spouses do. Yeah. You know, and I have to learn to put all that in perspective to help with the marketing to make them more believable to make them authority figure to 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 i'm not saying elevate them but i want them to be able to relate better to their audience right and if their audience can feel that they're more human they're going to come to them and say look i want to give you more business yeah and and so you know of course i'm going to be their friend and a lot of times, you know, as their friend, I've dropped their prices. I've dropped, I, I've, during COVID, you know, I could have said, no, I'm not helping you. You can pay the regular rate. Most of them, I had to drop all their, their, some of them, I gave service to them for free. Some of them, I dropped their price. I'm, I did what I needed to do for them to stay in business. And yeah, it, it hurt me a little bit. but. They're still my clients. <laughs> right. Lifetime value. They, you know, mean, you said it in Dan's, uh, Dan Crick's interview. It's like, you know, it costs more to acquire a new client than it does to make care for an existing client. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's amen. I, you know, there are people, there was that oldest member that I have that I mentioned. He, he one time was so much into shiny objects that he couldn't pay his mastermind fee for being part of mine. Right. And I was mad at the time because I was struggling at the time, you know, So, and I just revealed that to him last week. I said, you know, I was mad because I was in the same boat and I and I was just wanted you to be the savior. I wanted your money so it could help me get over a hump. 
But the point being is I forgave his $10,000 debt. And I said, just get out of get out of jail free, right? Like, just please come back because it's not the same without you. There's other forms of value, Rob, right? We, it's like sometimes maybe maybe you're not accepting money from them, but they're really great at what they do. And they could be a great influence over the other members. Um, they, uh, they have great things to say about me. They're my best testimonials. That's valuable in itself. So maybe the value isn't always directly in cash. Or money, but it could be the referrals they give, it could be the testimonials they give, it could be, you know, them assisting you and making your life easier in what you do. And so, you know, for anybody struggling out there, if you're watching, it's like, you know, do what you got to do to succeed, you know, but always take care of your clients, always take care of the ones who stand by you because they're they're invaluable. Again, the relationship, the list you have and the relationship you have is number one piece of gold in every business, every successful business. And uh, so you've got to nurture that like like there's no tomorrow. Dear and valued friends. I learned actually I learned that in the in the Mr. X book from Jay Abraham. Treat your clients like dear and valued friends. Yeah, it's you know and and the thing is the more I treat them as a friend, the more referrals I get. Yes. The more testimonials I get, the more business I get. And, and, you know, as, as much as I wanted to call them names or, or say, Hey, you know, it's not fair. You know, I, I did what I had to do to save them through COVID. Yeah. And, and as COVID was starting to turn around, their business was increasing, which meant that, that they wanted to come back and say, hey, Rob, we need, you know, we're, here, here's the money that we didn't pay you back then. So, but the thing is I recovered. They recovered. I'm making more money, you know, and and it all comes out in the wash. Right. But you know, it, it's being mad at a client doesn't do you right. any good. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, when I get in an argument at home, it's not fun to be in that in that space. It's kind of a dark cloud over you know over our heads. And that goes the same with clients. It's like, why would you want that resentment between you two, right? It's just like, forget it. Let's start over. Let's, you know, just pay me when you can, pay me what you can, pay it forward sometimes. Hey, when somebody comes to you and they need help, make sure you help them. You know, I've done that millions of times that, you know, it's just the pay it forward philosophy is like, hey, I'm going to help you. But all I ask in return is that you do it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's. I know we've thrown a lot of stuff out there for everybody that's listening. <laughs> We're all over the place. <laughs> um, and, 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 but as a typical entrepreneur with ADHD, we're always going to be all over the place. Yeah. I want you to understand that, but I also want you to understand that you're treating clients the right way, knowing when to accept the client, you know, how to ask the right questions, charging enough for your service. So that you're not the cheapest, you're the, you're, sometimes being the most expensive is the best, you know, but, you know, you're, you're always going to be three feet from gold. Knowing where that is, is going to help. And, and, and I've always had, I, I think there's a, there's a book somewhere. Uh, uh, and, it, and it teaches that, you know, all your treasures are basically in your backyard. And I can't think of the title off the top of my head, but here we are, we're all searching. We're all trying to get our business on the internet. We're all trying to, you know, and I, and I do have clients all over the world, but I started out in my own backyard. I grew my business to the point where 
you know, it needed to expand from that. And, and, and I think when you start in your own backyard, when you have local clients, it makes it a lot easier, you know, to, to evaluate things better, faster and grow. Um, I think when people, you know, try to expand too quickly and not have that knowledge that they gained from the local clients, they don't know how to cope. So, but yeah, you know, and, and if you're, if you're listening, I know that there's probably not many GKIC, uh, uh, I think they all got rebranded, but there's, there's not many of those types of, 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 uh, events around, but find events that you can go to, to learn, to network, to, to, to learn marketing and, and, you know, call me, call Craig, you know, uh, Craig, I'm, I'm sure you have a website that you can send them to, to learn more about you. Yeah. Craig Deline marketing.com is easy. It's just aware. It's a place to start. There's a few videos there. It tells, shares my philosophy. Um, you know, it's no frills. It's just, basic information, but I'm on social media everywhere. You can just type my name in Craig Deline and uh, you'll find me, you know, um, you know, I love, I will take a call from somebody that is not qualified for me. If, if it's going to help them, if they're willing, willingness is really the key. It's like, are you willing to do what I'm going to tell you to do? Then I'm willing to help you. Uh, so if, you know, anybody who's listening to this wants to reach out, please feel free. Yeah. And, and, you know, you have to be willing, you have to, you have to understand that your business needs help. You need help. Um, some of you need therapy, you know, <laughs> beyond. But, you know, uh, we can get into that in another video. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's – marketing is not a Hail Mary. Marketing is not a silver bullet. You know, there is not one thing that will help, you know, everybody. There are there are things that will help, and sometimes there are multiple things that you have to do. But a lot of times, it's just those simple things that you need to change in your systems and how you deal with customers, and 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 those will make the biggest impact, and 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 bring that uh, profitability back into your business. So any last words before we go? For Regarding my philosophy when I'm a specialist at is that, you know, before you buy the next shiny object, take a look at what you already got and what you might not be doing that, you know, I look at most successful people and what do they do every day? And, you know, one of which is they have a book. One, two, they do, they have a podcast. Number three, they do videos. You mentioned them before. Um, if you want to be successful, follow what successful people do and you might just be successful. Yourself. Oh, and, and, Please go through your accounting because I guarantee that there's a few shiny objects that you're paying for that you probably don't need. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I've run into so many entrepreneurs. The last entrepreneur I was, I was helping, they were spending over $1,500 a month just on shiny objects they didn't need. And so we helped them get rid of that and they hired a part-timer come in and uh, profitability is up. So, you know, look at your systems, look at the, the people that are helping you hire the right people, you know, go to Craig's website and, 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 you know, discover more, discover more about your, your, your marketing. So 
until the next uh, video, we'll see you guys uh, later and, and, and just learn something. Learn something about marketing. Adios.